not heard that one before. So no matter how long I prepare, I've known I'm going to have this message for six months. I got a new word today that I could I could tie in there. And I didn't have my notes with me. So in order to make sure I didn't forget it, I wrote it on my hand on the way up. So it's, it's this is ever evolving. So one of the other things I learned is that at my age, I need more light on the stage. So I apologize if it looks a little bit different. And I realized last time I was up here, I can't see the slides on the back, so I have them printed out. So I won't have to awkwardly do this today like I did last time. But my name is uh, Craig Hunter. I'm a uh, longtime attender at Prairie View, I think 25 years or so. And I'm going to mention years a handful of times. This number I'm pretty confident in. Some of the others might be estimates, so don't call me out on that if I miss them by a couple been on the leadership team. I've been the elder for 15 years and the elder chair for the last dozen or so. And in addition to that, I also lead the administration team, which is the uh, the organization in charge of legal, finance, administration issues, and um, policy here at the church. So this is a hopefully a unique view of tying those two things together in a sermon title that we're going to call Live Generously. And the first time I saw that word, or those words, live generously, was on a t-shirt at a food pantry event that I was at. And live generously happens to be the tagline of an organization called Thrivent Financial. And they are affiliated closely with the Lutheran Church. And I didn't know any of that when I saw the t-shirt. So happens that my daughter-in-law is Lutheran, and now my my son and the entire family, they, they attend a Lutheran church. So I've gotten to learn a little bit more about them, but I love their tagline, live generously. So we're going to talk a little bit about today, what all does that entail? So I'm excited to spend the next 20 to 25 minutes doing that. So rewind probably 14 years or so was the first opportunity I had to get up in front of the group and do a sermon. And we were fresh off reading the, um, the small group study as a church called the treasure principle by Randy Elkhorn. And I know that's a favorite of many of the folks in this room here. So I spent a little time in the church library this morning. Full disclosure, I didn't know the library moved from one room to the other. I had to ask Nancy, how long ago did we move the library? And she said, oh gosh, Craig, it's been at least a year. So I need to do a better job getting around the, uh, the church, seeing exactly what's going on. But there's probably 25, 30 copies of the treasure principle back there and some workbooks to go along with it. So I put a few of them on the front desk for anybody who might be interested in that. Uh, Randy Elkhorn is the author, and the uh, the words on the after it says the treasure principle it says, "Unlock the secret of joyful giving," and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Uh, many of you, ha- as parents, have said this, and many of you, as children, have heard this. It's truly better to give than it is to receive. And the older I get, uh, the more I buy into that, in uh, in hopefully all aspects of our lives. But let's pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll start working our way through the, uh, the material. Dear Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to get up here and to share from your word and some experiences and just hopefully have some good illustrations that uh, can challenge people. I pray that uh, the members and guests that are here today or watching on the, the live stream or we'll catch up later on, on Facebook, uh, just join us with an open mind and an open heart. And, Father, just ready to, uh, to listen to what it would be like to live generously. So, Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. 
live generously is to live gratefully, offering from one's abundance without thought of recompense, expectation, or return in order to enhance and enrich the lives of others. Before we dive too deep into that, it's different for everybody, and I understand that. We're all at different stages of our lives. We all have different things to offer. Um, So over the course of the next uh, little bit, we're going to look into some personal examples, um, some stories, an illustration or two, and plenty of scripture. Let's turn to scripture first and read from 1 Timothy 6, verse 17 through 19. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold on that which is truly life. Interesting word there, haughty, I uh, circled. I don't use that word a whole heck of a lot either, so I did a little digging on that. And as you can imagine, it means something about prideful or arrogance or disdain or that type of thing. So as you've worked hard all your life to build up these riches or these treasures, we shouldn't be haughty about it. I like that word, haughty. I'm going to use it a lot. How should we be about that? Should we be humble about that? All of us are created equal in the eyes of the Lord. We all bring different gifts. We'll go into that a little bit later. But God doesn't look down on anybody based on what their gifts are, yet figures out and challenges each of us a way to use those gifts. So as we talk about living generously, what does that mean? What do we have that we can be generous with? We can be generous with our time. We've all got the same amount, 168 hours a week, 24 hours a day. We've all got different things going on. We have to figure out how best to manage that time. How can we be generous with our time? We can be generous with our talent. We all have a different skill set. I'm discovering new skills at this age in life, and you'll be discovering new skills all along as you try to to navigate your way through this this sometimes difficult life. And our skill set changes over the course of time. How are we going to be able to change with that? So as we're generous with our time, what does that mean? I suppose that's different for all of us. How are you serving your family? Are you helping with chores? Are you helping with homework? Are you spending quality time with the folks that you love? Are you the spiritual leader within your household? Are you setting aside time for that? You can be serving at your church. There's a lot of opportunities here, folks, um, from uh, taking care of the landscape to getting the coffee ready to teaching the kids to the list goes on and on and on for what we need for people to do in order to, to do church here on Sunday mornings. So you can be generous with your time at church. You can serve within your community. We have people right here in this church who've been involved with scouting for years. We have people in this church who've been involved with coaching for years. We've had people in this church who have volunteered their time in their schools for years. So you can be generous with your time in so many different ways. 
What is that going to look like for you? You can be generous with your talent. I'm going to read from Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, if prophecy in proportion to your faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheer, cheerfulness. And again, our gifts evolve over time with practice. I was a nervous wreck the first time I ever got up here doing this. I've had lots of folks pray for me today. It's been 14 years. I'm still probably a nervous wreck. But we'll, uh, we'll hopefully we can practice and, and get better and we can mature over time when it comes to, uh, to our gifts. What are those gifts for you? When can you raise your hand and say, I can help? You know, if we need a teacher, can you say, I can help? If we need someone to hold babies, can you say, I can help? If we need someone to lay mulch, can you say, I can help? Make coffee, fill in the blanks. Can you say that you can help? It's a lot of responsibility to use those gifts. How are you going to use yours? For the next few minutes, we're going to go to work on finances and talk a little bit about that in the time that we have remaining. And really from a financial standpoint, we rely on your finances. We rely on all of you to be generous. As we go through our time, we're going to talk about the business case for that, the biblical case for that, and then where the rubber meets the road, what's the practical part of that? What can people do with their finances to be generous. We got a mortgage here. I don't know if that comes as a surprise to anybody. Um, I don't write the checks. Nancy does that. But uh, I sign them on occasion. And I'll be darned if I can't remember what the amount is. But I think it's between five and $6,000 a month, give or take, is what, we, uh, what it costs to be in this building as we work toward paying that off. We got salaries and benefits to pay. We've got two godly men leading this church. We have a wonderful administrative assistant. And folks, this isn't volunteer work for them. They do plenty of volunteering, but they're doing it for a living. These folks need to be able to raise their families in this community. They need to be able to send their kids to school. They need to be able to have their kids play soccer or softball or whatever that might look like for them. Uh, they need to have a decent health benefit plan to know that they can get to the doctor's office when they need to be. And folks, that all takes money. And you all know where we get that money. It comes from this very generous group. And I don't know if you pay attention to the back of the program ever or if you sit in those admin meetings that we have every year, but we need about $350,000 to make this whole thing work. So no different than you have a budget at home, we work hard through a budget here at church to make things happen so that we can get things done here and support these, uh, the team that we have working here, pay the utilities, pay the mortgage, and also do other things with that money. Um, benevolence for families in our local community, uh, our missions that are, we serve right here locally or across the country. 
So finances, or money, if you will, are mentioned 1,158 times in the Bible. So settle in, we're going to be here a while. Maybe we'll just look at a couple different examples. Let's go first to Matthew six nineteen through 21, which now at this point will not be a surprise to you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Many of us have been blessed with a lot. Just living in this community, in this country, attending this church is far more than what most people are able to accomplish in this world. And as we continue to accumulate things, things can happen to them. This, this is a personal story, and I just thought of this when uh, they talked about treasures being destroyed. We had a flood in our basement, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And I had two footlockers jammed full with baseball cards. Lost them all. And you know what? I thought it was going to be a big deal as I was, I mean, they were literally stuck together and they were so, I mean, did not save a single baseball card um, out of that. And you know how much time I've thought about those baseball cards since I've lost them? Zero. There would have been a time where I probably would have been on my knees in tears about uh, my 1984 Detroit Tiger set that we lost. But not so much anymore. Because I realized at the end of the day, not such a big deal. One of my favorite lines from the treasure principle, and I truly hope you'll grab a copy on the way out. Have you ever seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? I'm guessing the answer to that is no. Folks, it is just stuff. So as we continue to figure out how we can be more generous with our time, with our talent, and with our treasures, stretch yourself. Figure out what that may be. Is there some things in your home that somebody else could use more than you? Um, can you make some donations with those things? Can you, can you meet some other folks' needs with that? Truly, most of us are truly, truly blessed with what we've been given. How can we bless others as we move through this journey? Switching gears to Mark 12, verses 41 through 44, which is truly one of my favorites. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance... But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Folks, this is one I've personally been struggling with lately. Um, I call it, am I giving sacrificially? I don't know if I am anymore. 
And, and it's truly something that I need to do some looking in the mirror. Um, my financial situation has changed dramatically from the first time I walked in this building in 1998. I suppose it wasn't this building. The other building in 1998. Um, my financial situation has changed dramatically. It was much more challenging for me to part with $10 back then than it is to part with what I'm parting with now when I put that check in the box each and every week. So am I more like the old woman who gave everything or am I more like one of the rich people who gave out of their abundance? I don't know. It's certainly something that I should be self-examining and I would challenge each of you to do that as well. So we're going to talk about what is your current situation? What is your giving plan? And how maybe we can help with that. So we'll, we'll continue on. And again, I talked about our story and, you know, Kathy and I started a long time ago and that was really the first time I walked into a church was, was 1998, you know, outside of going with friends, you know, when I was a kid and, and that type of thing. But my introduction to Christ came at Prairie View Christian Church when I was about 33 years old. And again, that 10 bucks was hard to give up. But I thank God every day for, uh, for Kathy who took me to church. And, you know, after uh, the kids were grown a little bit further and our situation changed, uh, Kathy went to work and uh, she got a job part-time. And I'll be darned if she didn't start writing a check for 10% of her earnings right off the bat. I said, boy, I kind of had that money planned for She said, non-negotiable, Craig, that's what I'm doing. And it took us a long time to get our giving up to where we thought it needed to be. But I give her so much credit for setting the example within our household as I was a young man and super concerned about the 10 or $20 I was giving. And she so faithfully wrote that check each and every week um, to set an example within our family. So everybody's situation is different. We get that. Um, so as an illustration, I'm going to call my good friend Terry Blaker up to the stage. And only a handful of you are going to get where this is coming from. So I'm going to explain it to you since we have a few minutes. So Terry, and again, this is one of these estimates, 15 years ago or so, was up here doing a communion meditation, and he brought up young Jeremy Pafford at that time, who might have been seven or eight years old. Anybody remember that, actually? I'm hoping Mary might. Joshua, just Nancy, just a handful. So Terry goads this young man into giving him some money, giving some money back to the church, and Terry reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out ten quarters. And he counts them off into Jeremy's hand, and uh, at the end, there was a little bit of a negotiating back and forth saying, hey, Jeremy, can you part with just one of those quarters for God? And uh, I don't exactly remember what Jeremy said, but there was some banter back and forth about these quarters. And at the end of the day, Jeremy went hopping off the stage with nine quarters to his name that he didn't have before, and we got a quarter put in the offering bag. So it, there was a 10% gift. But you know what? Life's not about quarters for most of us. It's a little bit harder than that. It's a little bit harder for us to give up what's not even ours to begin with. But it's a little bit harder when the stakes are a little higher. And I'm not sure. Terry Blaker is a banker, a long-term guy, 45-plus years faithful service. I have zero idea what his paycheck is. But for the purpose of an illustration, we're going to pretend what it is. And I've got a stack of cash right here. 
And I'm going to peel it off just like it's the price is right. And count with me when I give it to Terry. We're going to count all the way up to ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Terry worked very hard this week. Thousand bucks in Terry's hands right there. Did you print these or Uncle Sam? No, those are legit. I was into the bank yesterday. Thousand bucks in Terry's hands. Now he's got to decide what's he going to do with it. I bet back in the day, Mr. Blaker had a house payment. I know that he has a couple children that he raised. I know that he has a beautiful bride who also worked very hard to be a part of that ministry at their home. But Terry, I need you to figure out how you're going to give generously. You got ten $100 bills right there. I'm not quite sure what your plan is, but I'd like for you to make some sort of offering to the church. Well, you know, uh, my beautiful bride just retired, so, you know, things are a little tighter. And, uh, um, have you been in a grocery store lately? You know, prices are pretty high. So, uh, well, I, I, I don't know, Craig. Uh, gosh. Gosh, what? I, you know what, Terry? It's only $100. You got 900 You can do whatever you want with. Well, yeah, and you know what? I have been in the grocery store a lot. More than I would like, to be honest with you. More than I would like to be honest with you, but can you give, can you afford a hundred to give back? Right. We got the we got Ben and Zach and Nancy. We got to write them a check this week. Yeah. We got to keep these lights on. We got to send some money down to third phase. We got to get some money overseas to the Logans who are helping um, overseas. We we've got a lot of bills, Terry. You've got a ten crisp one hundred dollar bills that you earned this week. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I think uh, you know uh, I. I you know, was a Christian uh, starting at age 20, mm-hmm. and over 45 years, he's always provided. So, uh, yeah, I think I can. Well, we sure appreciate that, Mr. Blaker. All right. And see, watch how fast he gets that thousand bucks in his pocket. I got security; they won't let him out the door. Thank you, Terry, very much. Hey, the point of that illustration is, it's hard. It's hard. We've all got stuff hanging over our heads. You know, is it a car payment? Is it a student loan? Is it three or four or five mouths to feed? What is that? So I just encourage people to come up with a plan. And uh, my good friend Joshua Walker, who uh, has certainly helped in my uh, spiritual journey, I was, uh, I was collecting money for something one day, and I, I forget exactly what it was, but I was, I was trying to unearth some money out of some people. And he says, I'm not quite sure that's part of our giving plan. Um, so I said, well, what, tell me about this giving plan and, and what it is that you do to, uh, to come up with this giving plan. And uh, there is some significant prayer and thought into what they're going to use their giving dollars for at, over the course of a year. Um, church is a big part of that, but there's other things that are a part of that as well. You know, whether it's in their local community, whether it's in their family, whether it's a, a need that happens to pop up out of the blue. But what is your giving plan? So I encourage you, if you don't have one, to really try to get down and dirty and make yourself a giving plan and what that is. And again, I've raised my hand a hundred times. It was $10 a week um, to start with. And you know what? I'm not even sure we could afford that. Um, we moved here and I got a $10,000 raise to take a job here and Kathy quit a job making 20000 So we were $10,000 in the hole when we started, when we moved here, when we walked into church. And uh, again, through the grace of God, we've been blessed over the course of years through Sitting in those chairs, listening to lots of people talk about this, through sitting in a small group called the Treasure Principle, we learned about that. And I continue to learn every day 
about what it means to live generously and to take advantage of small opportunities, whether it's remembering somebody's birthday or their anniversary or helping pay for education or a car payment or a fill-in-the-blank, writing my check at church. And then I would challenge you also, are you giving out of your first fruits or are you giving out of what's left? I'm one of those unique people. I get paid every Friday. I don't think a lot of people get paid weekly, uh, but I get paid every Friday. Lily does because she works with me. Uh, but I get paid every Friday. And Sunday morning at about 9 o'clock, I usually wander in these doors. The band is up here playing, and I put my check in the box. Um, so 48 hours after I get paid, I'm paying um, and giving what I hope to be uh, is sacrificially. So I just encourage everybody to make that plan. Start small if you have to. But you know, here's another fun one. And not a lot of you know this person either. My good, another friend, Daryl Saposi. We were sitting in that small group together. And if you don't know Daryl, he's always got some unique way he's trying to make a few extra bucks. And, and I'm challenging him and I'm saying, you're, you're going to do what? And he's explaining this whole grandiose plan to me. And as we're doing a small group on giving, he said, Craig, I'm motivated to make more so I can give more. And I've remembered that for the last 15 years. And I thought, boy, what a great illustration. If I could just figure out how to make more, then I could be more generous with that. Uh, Dave Ramsey in his book calls it, live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. If one job isn't enough, go find another one. Um, and, and you have to get that figured out. What does that balance look like? But if you don't have a plan, we can help. Uh, we want to help. Uh, we have a wide variety of church leaders that can talk to you about their own testimonies. They can talk to you about having a strategic mindset toward giving. Um, they can share giving plans, offer budgeting tips, um, work on debt reduction. We also have benevolence. And folks, if you are in a spot where you can't start giving yet, we truly understand that. And if you need help, we're here to help. Uh, we don't want people to have electricity turned off or go without groceries or have challenges in other areas. We are here to help. Uh, time and time again, we have stood up here and said, hey, if you need help, let us know. If you know somebody who needs help, make sure you let us know. Um, we want to be part of the solution for families. I have no problem raising my hand and say, hey, I grew up in a family who needed that help. Never had to pay for school lunch, never had to pay for sports. Baskets of food got dropped off at my house on Thanksgiving. We needed help. Um, and we took that help. And now, fortunately, I'm in a position where I can give help. Um, so we want to be part of that solution. We understand that there's going to be a lot of different people in a lot of different places, and we want to be part of that. Uh, we want to be that part of that solution for you. Boy, the time goes fast when you get to come up here and talk. I'm looking at it; and it's 11:06 already. Um, I'm going to be around for a little while after church, and, and just encourage you to uh, to visit with myself or visit with uh, another one of the elders or church leaders or. Just anybody who you've, uh, um, a lot of respected people in this, um, in this uh, congregation right now that you can stop and you can visit with and you can talk about these things um, if you so choose. But what would a sermon be filling in for Ben if I didn't quote one of my favorite theologians? Out of the words of theologian Ben Halliburton from a March sermon, let our lives do the talking. And I wrote that down in March, kept it in my Bible, said at some point that's going to be useful. Well, four months later, it became useful. Let our lives do the talking, told to us by theologian Ben Halliburton. Let's read Romans 12, 2 as we prepare to close. 
Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the tail end of that scripture says, you will discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. So you will discern how to use your time that we've all been given the same amount of. You will discern how to use your talent, which we don't all have the same amount of. But you'll be having to figure out what those spiritual gifts are, how you're going to continue to learn and grow and mature in those and use that talent. You will have to discern how to use your treasure in a way to figure out what is good, what is acceptable, or what is perfect. And folks, it will change from season to season. It certainly has for my family. But I can tell you, I look forward to continuing to be part of a congregation that gives of their time, talent, and treasure sacrificially. Please pray with me. Dear Father, I just thank you for this group of people that fill these seats each and every Sunday. And the so many hundreds, if not thousands, of people who have filled those seats over the course of the last 30 years or so. As I have had so many people accompany me in my walk, in my journey, to draw ever closer to you, I pray that the current uh, group of church staff and church leaders can be, can be that resource for so many people that are sitting in this room today. Father, I pray that each and every person here be able to examine themselves and to be able to think and to talk and to pray about how they can better use their time, their talent, and their treasures to serve you. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen.